Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Today, we are so happy to have Sarah Potter here, who is a tarot reader, color magic practitioner, and the founder of SP Projects, an art advisory and curation business specializing in exhibitions exploring modern day mysticism. Sarah, we are so happy that you're here and uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So do you want to share with our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Wow. Where do I begin? <laughs> so much for some reason I want to say I have blue hair that feels like blue mm. and green hair feels like the first thing I was <laughs> it's a good visual <laughs> right just so everyone can really picture what they're working with here <laughs> um I don't really know what I don't know I I'm a witch that feels like that's like a very popular definer right now mm. and I feel like we were just talking about that as I walked in and what that means. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel like I'm living my life in full volume mm. spectrum color constantly. And it's become even more in my awareness since I've been here in LA. It's been such like a lovely break from New York. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love New York so much, but like, yeah, being here and out of my daily routine and element has just, made everything else come into focus mm. with even more color. I love that. Good. <laughs> I love your use of language, by the way. It's so like visual. <laughs> Thank you. Ooh, that's so nice to hear. Wow. Yeah, I um it's hard to define ourselves. And I feel like so much with like social media and then thinking about how other people define us. And so I feel like it's such a simple, easy beautiful question to talk about yourself but it's mm. like where do you even begin yeah I know it's it's a hard question you've done really well <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh my gosh thank you yeah Ted Suki Tony here and uh I always have trouble with that question I don't know the answer every day it's changing yeah but starting with the color of your hair was really as someone who also <laughs> has colorful hair mm -hmm. it's definitely the first thing that people see and notice for a reason it's mm -hmm. like why is your hair this color well my aura decided to take a more physical <laughs> approach to this world so that you <laughs> whose third eye is sleepy might see me better i love that response <laughs> It is. I read that's the first thing people see in someone mm. else is, or recognize you by is your hair. So I want to make it impactful. Mm. And you have. Thank you. Oceanic, Thank you. ethereal. I feel like I'm surrounded by mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so like us, you identify as a witch. So I'm curious, how did your spiritual journey begin? Oh my gosh, when I was 12. Mm. Well, actually, I mean, maybe even a little earlier because I feel very lucky that I had, I think, a very different upbringing than a lot of witches and magical people I meet now. Mm. Like my psychic ability and intuition was encouraged since I was literally a toddler. Wow. Which like, 
I always, I thought like everyone was doing like psychic exercises as a kid, but um, yeah, it's just like always been a part of me. And I, I absolutely feel that everyone has psychic abilities. It's just that like, I've been working this muscle my whole life. So mm. I do think it's, a and I don't know, I only have my experience. Maybe it's, it is more intense than other people's, but um, I feel like being, a, I don't know. I don't think I chose to be a witch. Like it just always was here. I feel like a lot of us, I mean, did you experience that magic in childhood? Like it's always been part of my life. Yeah. I think for me, I've been very connected to fairies since childhood. For me, fairy magic was like potent from the age like four four on. And then around puberty, I also was – or a little bit earlier than puberty, I – uh, found the occult section of the Barnes and Noble bookstore. Same. Or actually it was Borders. <laughs> I apologize. It was Borders. Oh, it doesn't amazing. exist anymore. Oh, but yeah, oh, okay. like, so I think it's actually interesting. I feel like a lot of young women kind of find that uh, calling around that time when our bodies are changing and we become more in tune with our intuition. Right. We're defining who we are mm-hmm. and trying to answer questions. And I do feel like there's a natural need to feel connected to something at Mm. that age and that's why we see so many kind of like religious rites then as well Mm. so yeah yeah yeah. bat mitzvahs exactly yeah I was confirmed around then 12 13 somewhere in there Mm. I started with astrology and my mom had visions and suddenly around like nine I started to have really hardcore deja vu and really intense dreams that were Obviously allegorical, but even at that young age, I was like, this means this, and what does this mean for me? Um, Yeah, and I I was also that person just, and I would be just wandering and then always notice that I was in the occult section, always. Mm, Any library, any any bookstore, um, Ouija boards. Oh, yeah. That was a big part of my childhood. Mm, Me too. I would make my own. Oh, I, I it was like that. my party or I my like sleepover that. party trick. I was yes. like, you don't need to buy one. I can make you one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I would love to see those. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would bring my Ouija board everywhere and not always be invited back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, someone's grandfather is here and he's speaking to me. And everyone's like, that eight-year-old is creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was usually like... Hmm. religious parents oh (laughs) which that's cool you know Mm -hmm. not everyone wants the child inviting the other realms into their home i respect that totally but already there exactly (laughs) but really we just wanted to know who had a crush on us so like that's so cute right (laughs) yeah (laughs) so good and safer than spin the bottle maybe totally see Mm -hmm. i have actually never played spin the bottle Ever, ever. But like Ouija board crush time constantly. Yeah. I wonder if there's a mashup game you could play. (laughs) Like the spirits are saying that you two have to kiss right now. Or use the bottle 
to spin to find the answer on the mm. board. We can get creative with this. Oh, definitely. Patent pending. <laughs> yes. I wonder if kids are still using Ouija boards. Oh, totally. I think that's one that will, Forever. I mean, especially with like American Horror Story, right? Like that oh. really sparked a lot of occult interest. And the reboot of The Craft, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Sabrina's back. Sabrina mm. is in a totally different vibe. It's a great time to be a witch. Mm. It is true. Yeah. And necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Necessary time. Absolutely. It's part of our activism, which oh, is yeah. we are part of the political and socioeconomic change. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be loud, but sometimes it can be performative. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there if anybody wants to get witchy and demonstrate. Oh, I love it. You can organize mm-hmm. something. Sign me up. I guess being witchy for me always came down to wanting to connect with something bigger than me, Mm. right? It was just as much spiritual and religious pathway Mm -hmm. in my my mind. And that's why I liked astrology so much because I feel like people who shun astrology or say that it's too vague or too broad, well, you can get deeper into it. It's like any other aspect of science. There are things that you can educate yourself on. But to ignore that such gigantic celestial bodies have no bearing on my very tiny cosmic footprint, Mm -hmm. like that's silly. That's just silly. It's silly. Well, <laughs> I just feel like bringing in these sciences or um, if you just want to call them schools of thought, like makes me have such a richer life that makes more sense mm-hmm. because I feel like I was looking for witchcraft for an understanding of myself, that bigger picture, like what's going on. And following astrology gives that to me too. It just, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm not crazy. I'm not alone in this. Mm. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like being in tune with the universe and your intuition, all of that, like I always feel like, okay, like if you don't believe me or you don't feel this way, it doesn't resonate. That's fine. But I feel like you're missing out on like a really full magical experience. Right? This this touches on when we were discussing, like, why are we preventing ourselves from experiencing pleasure? This is just Mm. another aspect of pleasure, being able to see the true vibrancy of everything around you. Yeah. I mean, speaking of vibrancy, like vibrational energy, these are, you know, a lot of times like these sorts of, um, like you said, schools of thought, like energetics and color magic and, you know, even astrological stuff. I'm sure the actual energy behind it is so minuscule that it's vibrational. I've been reading a lot about physics recently and like quantum physics is all about how like it's just these teeny tiny particles that are in everything that don't really like correlate with the older traditions of physics, but they're actually starting to um, align with the older spiritual beliefs from like back, back in the day. And it's, yeah, that's a whole other episode, but I love it. Everything's connected. It's all connected. Everything is connected. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's so important now when everything is allowing us to disconnect. Like that's Mm. why we need magic now. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Right? Bring everyone back together. Yeah. So I was really stoked to have you on the podcast specifically because we haven't really touched on the correlation between creativity and spirituality yet and Mm. sexuality. 
Um, and so for me, I'm a writer and an actor and performer and, you know, I love indulging in all of the creative arts and Tony, you're also. Yeah. All of the above and, <laughs> and some, some dance. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ukulele these yeah. days. I and- like to sing. I love the ukulele. Me too. What's really funny, just a short sidebar, my father-in-law told me that he didn't like ukuleles because he thought that they were too sweet sounding. Mm -hmm. And so my husband pulled up a clip of me playing Creep on my electric ukulele. Oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) And we had had used like the tiny terror sort of setting. So it sounded like real (laughs) grungy. And my father-in-law was very quiet. He was like... Is that you? And I was like, that is my ukulele, sir. And if you think it was going to be sweeter than this, you don't know me at all. Yeah. yeah so. Oh, my gosh. I must see this. About this. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. But yeah, so going back to creativity, like where does creativity come from? You know, the Greeks would invoke the muses, the various muses to help spark that, you know, artistic expression. And you're an artist. And so I was really excited to talk with you about this kind of thing. You know, I, well, first, I think it's so important to stress that everyone has creative abilities. I think that, um, I think we see it in children and then kind of as we get into these more formal institutions and school kind of creativity can be batted away or just like, no, it's not as important as science and math and writing in an analytical way. And it's just like, we need to be creative. We have to use that muscle. We all need to express ourselves. I feel like art and music is saving the world. Like it's saving everyone. It should be, I feel like just as important as all of these other subjects we're teaching in school and everyone should feel creative we need that and there are I think about creativity all the time and sometimes I'll have these moments where you see this like breathtaking gorgeous moving piece of art or I hear a song and those lyrics are just like so right on and then you meet the person that (laughs) me there's so many amazing amazing artists and musicians (laughs) but sometimes I'm like how did you make this? Mm -hmm. Like I think about some of the music I listened to as a teenager that was created by other teenagers. And I'm, I, I think that's a very special time in our lives where we're feeling major feelings Mm -hmm. and not sure how to process them. But I'm sorry. How is a teenage boy writing like something so deep about love? Like I'm like, how did you create this? Mm. And it makes me think that like sometimes, I do think sometimes we're just a vessel, cool. just a channel from something yeah, else. Definitely. And, allow it, yeah. you know, and I do believe that, cre- I think that the creation of art is the truest form of magic. Mm. Something intangible, feelings, thoughts, visualizations, you're putting out there into a tangible way so everyone else can experience it that's true Mm. alchemy that's true magic yeah you're taking absolutely nothing and creating something beautiful or even terrifying you know you're just creating something something that evokes didn't exist before yeah right and it's like something like that's making other people feel something and again connecting everyone And I just feel like that is divine energy too coming Mm. through. Like it's just the highest form of, of beauty and connection and Mm. 
that's what also like witnessing the creation of art makes me know that magic is real. Yeah. So can you explain what color magic is? Because I am very intrigued. (laughs) I would love to. (laughs) So color magic is working with the vibrational intentions of each color of the spectrum. So every color holds a specific energy. And when we see it and feel it and process it, it can have a physical effect on our bodies and our, as well as an emotional and spiritual effect. And I feel like as witches, like if you do ritual magic or candle magic, you're already invoking color magic there. Mm. But I feel like, I mean, I use color magic to change my life. Like I didn't even know what I was doing when I started it because mm-hmm. it was just, I was intuitively pulled to it. I like to call it a manifestation tool Mm. and it's just some, an enhancement we can all use. We're all interacting with color. I feel like we pick out our clothes every day. We, I mean, I love beauty rituals. I love makeup and like getting my nails done, getting my hair dyed to invoke a specific intention and emotion. And it's just all of these ways of being. Mm. I do color meditations, color visualizations, which I think are wonderful because you don't need anything other than your mind. It's, um, I think it's just fantastic. And I feel like it's something that's approachable, Mm. which I like about it because I think we can all think about our favorite color or colors we don't like, colors we want in our home. It's just, I think, a wonderful enhancement Mm. to life. Oh my gosh, I have so many ideas now. I'm like, wow, I really need to start implementing this. Um, so how do you express color magic through your your visual artist practice? So I work as more a curator mm-hmm. than actually, and like that's how I get my like creative yayas out. <laughs> and I do feel like, I feel an artistry in my tarot readings mm-hmm. as well. And we talk about color magic. I talk about that with my clients and as well as how to bring that into the home. I think Mm. the visuals we surround ourselves with are so important. Mm. I think one way to immediately feel the effects of color magic is through flowers. Oh, yeah. I feel like I love flowers so much and choosing some intentional colors and even going with the shapes of a bouquet can make you feel Mm. different things and um, invoke different emotions immediately and so low commitment, you know, like you can try it out for a few days. Mm. You don't have to like repaint all of the walls, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful, intense way to bring in a new color. Mm-hmm. But I think about color magic. Yeah. When I get my nails done, when I dress myself, when I adorn myself with makeup or jewelry, um, thinking about I'm just saying like every day in my home, it's, and I think it's like really fun too. Like it's very powerful, but it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, what's your favorite color? Mine is purple. Ooh, excellent. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that color. It's fun to meditate on purple. Yes. It always gives me very good vibes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I dyed my hair a variation of purple, and then I've been really enjoying the way it fades into something mm. totally different. So I also appreciate the varying shades of purple mm. and berry and things like that. Purple does evolve nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
very intuitive. It's really. down with showing you all the layers that got you to that place. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Totally. So I always recommend purple when we want to strengthen our intuition or really create a spiritual place, a place of quiet and contemplation. I think it's a great, like I equate her to the high priestess in tarot. And I think it's a really wonderful color for women to have in their homes too, mm. or in the bedroom. Oh yeah. I definitely have a couple of purple toys. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. All of my anal plugs are purple. Excellent choice. That feels right. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And it's soft and loving. It mm, is. Like I like that dreamy, mm-hmm. fantasy, yeah. like invoking. I didn't even know. Color magic and I didn't even know. See, it. you're doing it. <laughs> I love talking about like color magic and sex magic together. Mm-hmm. What yeah. we're invoking in the fantasy realm. I actually have something that I just remembered that I didn't even think about sharing on this podcast until now. When I was first experimenting with sex magic or even just like conscious masturbation when I was maybe like 21, 22, uh, I would focus on a color and that was it. Like I would just literally focus on probably my favorite color, magenta, most of the time and like use that as like my uh, focal point sort of. Beautiful. I love that. And I'm like, oh my God, I was doing color magic and I didn't even know it. See, because it's so vibrating on the frequency and Mm -hmm. I feel like it makes sense. We all need it. We can all benefit from it. And intuitively you knew you needed it. And right? Magenta is such a power color, I think. Really good. Pink's my favorite color. So I love every shade of that (laughs) gorgeous spectrum. And I feel like color magic just intensifies the intention we can bring out in sex magic. Mm. I teach a color magic, sex magic workshop with Kristen Soleil. Oh, it's one of my (laughs) most favorite workshops to teach. I put in my calendar um, that I was like, I have to call Kristen when I get home because we need to bring that workshop to LA. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. Yeah. Yes, please. I want want you guys to be there. I think it's so great. (laughs) June, you said? Yes. Yes. We'll be back in June. And I'm hoping that I can get Kristen to come with me. Yeah. Kristen, we're calling you. (laughs) And um, yeah, because I think everything is about amplifying our intention Mm. so when we can layer magic with other magic it just gives us more clarity too and this is a tool that you can use you know like so much of these magical practices are just things that are in your toolkit to help you heal to help with your intentions and you know it's so wonderful to see that color magic is a really accessible and affordable practice you know like you don't even need to have anything totally Mm -hmm. I think it's wonderful to use colors in this way. And um, I think it's so important now more than ever to remember our own power. We don't need our power to be given to us by someone else. Mm. We don't need to access all of these other things. We don't need to purchase these big major... Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Things which like, I love stuff. Like I went crystal shopping the other night I, I love, you guys have the best crystal shops. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I spent, I love Spellbound Sky so much. Yeah. I spent like two hours with one of my friends in there and the, the lovely owners. And I was just like, I was like, I, I just like can't stand. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Everything's in these beautiful rainbow gradients. 
the the intentions are mm. gorgeously written. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like this is so LA and so <laughs> wonderful. But like, yeah, I think it, and all of these enhancements are great and they make you feel good and strong and powerful. But I also like to put hand in hand with that, that everyone has this power within themselves mm. and you need it and you can access it whenever you need it too. Mm. Yeah, I love that. It's the yeah. coolest part about all of the different facets of witchcraft there are, right? There's always some way that you can be called to your own power, mm. right? Totally. So like if you're someone who's constantly seeing color, like if you hear in color and things like that, it's a special gift right. that you get to like implement for your own sake. Yeah. Well, I think we forget that we should be doing things for ourselves in that way also. Mm. Like oh, it's almost yeah. like when you talk about fashion and magic and, and using beauty as a way to connect with your color practice, I think about like how often we're dressing for other people mm. and how often I, I really enjoy getting dressed for myself I think I only enjoy getting dressed for myself mm. so if I have to go somewhere and someone's like yeah it's like this type of dress I'm like yeah <laughs> I don't feel that way today exactly but finding it for yourself that's that's really where the magic is mm. oh absolutely and I also feel like I don't I'm tired of like a witch has to look this way or a witch mm. has to be this because I feel like before we had this like big like social media boom of witches where mm -hmm. a few like within the past couple of years, which I think is wonderful. I have no problem with that. But I remember totally like kind of like getting from people like this kind of like backlash because I was like too happy or too like <laughs> bright or too colorful or too whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I do, I do wear black. Like it's very easy and comfortable to wear black but like I don't know I'm just kind of like yes yeah, like there is one type of witch that's always wearing black and silver jewelry and like mm -hmm. I don't know <laughs> like just like like we all have her within mm -hmm. us but um I also think that I don't want to be defined by just one thing that feels very patriarchal and gross. Yeah, and definitely. Mm -hmm. Constricting. We have to be all the expressions of which, you know, yeah. and we are. And that's what's powerful is that we can all come together to share our own uniqueness and we make this beautiful collective, you know. So yeah. I think that's like what the divine feminine is for me is really just everyone expressing it in their own way. And that's so much more powerful than it's like, oh, it's only blah, 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 you know? Right, exactly. We're so much better as a team. It's so nice mm. when everybody's like, okay, I covered this space. Okay, I covered this mm -hmm. space. And yeah. Like bringing all of the elements of everything together mm -hmm. in this culminative experience. Totally. I love that. When I feel like, I think there's a lot of this kind of magic and spirituality that can be very solitary. Mm. So I think it's so important to balance that out and connect with other people and see like, what's your perspective? What's your story? What's your experience? Mm. Because we really need to listen to each other now more than ever. It's that connection that we keep coming back to. I think it's so important and we all need to like kind of get off of our phones and, mm. um, and listen yeah 
not just to others, but to yourself, because that's mm. usually the best way to find the way to communicate with others. Oh, totally. Because as soon as things get quieter, you're like, wait, 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 wait. Here's the point. Mm-hmm. Right. I have the point. And it's making me think about the creativity of the witchcraft, because mm-hmm. one thing that we've definitely come, come back to time and time again, other than the ritual, is how much of yourself you bring to it, because that's where mm-hmm. all of the power lies. So mm-hmm. making it specific to you and your intentions, but also your style, your passion, mm-hmm. all of that is what elevates the vibrant vibration to get us to a place where it's like, oh shit, it's all happening yeah. right now. <laughs> I can feel it in my torso. Totally. <laughs> Well, I love the creativity that can come out through spell work, too. Mm, yes. Like, I, there's this really great shop in Manhattan where I get herbs sometimes, and I just, like, basically, like, followed my intuition. I was like, okay, like, I think I need some of this and this and this. And then I got home because I was totally doing, like, love potions. It's like, Aww. come on, that's, like, the best. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, like, I'm going to put these roses in. And, like, a little this and this and this. And, like, because I don't really cook. But, like, <laughs> but love potions, I got you. And I was like, this is so fun. I was like, oh, maybe this is why people like cooking. <laughs> it is. And then I made, so I was making all these teas. And I like drank them and I was like, oh my gosh, I have somewhere to be. <laughs> and then I was on the subway, Uh-oh. which the man <laughs> subway, maybe not drink all of these love potion tea, but I was like, hello. <laughs> and then I was oh like, oh, it's me. like ah. and then I was just like floating there. I was like, is everything? Like, you got a love drunk. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. And then it was like, because it's like Spring was like just starting mm. to emerge in New York and you can see it because like everyone's wearing a little bit less clothing. Like people were making out in the subway. Love. Not me. Not me. I swear. I was just, <laughs> but I was like, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Love is in the air. It's so good. Everyone's like coming out again. And, um, but yeah, I definitely like don't recommend like <laughs> experimenting with all of your new like flowers and herbs and then getting on the Manhattan subway. Any subway, LA That's some wise advice. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Like, think about what you're doing and mm, then, like, plan yeah. where you're going to be, right. who you're going to be around. Yes. Right. I've done I was that just, before. <laughs> I was just like, I just want to bring it into the world. Yeah. And, like, um, <laughs> that was just. Not well thought out, maybe. <laughs> but it was fun. Amazing. It was a fun viewpoint. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. Like, I learned this when I was going through my herbalist school program. Um, so your sacral chakra, which is the place that is, you know, just below your belly button where you have your sexual organs, um, that is the place where you have your creativity. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, like, oh, this is the place where we might be creating new life, but it's also the place where our actual artistic expression comes from and our passion and our purpose. And, um, I think that it's fun to incorporate these sex magic practices with the consciousness of, oh, I can use this for my creative expression as well. It doesn't have to just be, oh, I'm engaging in sex magic for the purpose of uh, calling in love or, you know, to connect deeper with my par- 
connect deeper with my partner, though those are also great things. But, you know, it's really fun to experiment with the intentions and to call in the creativity as well. So I'd love to know what are your sex magic practices or experiences? So why I, th- I love that you highlighted that because I think when other people hear sex magic, it's like, ooh, that's so <laughs> exotic and sexy and you're a freak and oh my God. And like, yes, I am a freak, but like sex magic is totally a tool that I've used to expand my creative practice. Like I, I, I actually like don't think of it as very much something sexual really Mm -hmm. in a way Mm -hmm. like even though it is but it's not it's just about harnessing that orgasmic power which I feel like is the greatest power we have and that exists in this world so I mean there are so many things I want to bring into the consciousness and my own physical realm that I think like sex magic is such a powerful tool for Mm. so I absolutely have used it to expand my career and to intensify the intention of what I'm bringing in. I want to bring in the right projects. I want to bring in the right people. I think that like having a supportive community makes everything like having the right people around you makes things easier. Mm. So, and I mean, like there are some work opportunities I've wanted that I've enhanced through sex magic because having a successful career is one of the most important things to me. Mm. And I feel like, and then having that success to share with people. I mean, I absolutely feel like sex magic. I've used that in like a calling a new love way. I don't mind admitting that, Mm. but I feel like the intentional uses I get more excited about definitely have to do with career Mm -hmm. and creative spaces. Like, so Orange is the color of our sacral chakra, but it's also the color of inspiration and creativity. So I feel like when when someone's having a creative block, it's usually time to introduce more orange into mm. their lives. And I always I like to recommend that artists who are experiencing a creative block eat an orange in the studio. Ooh. Well, I do think that like our sexuality and our creativity are so connected. It is that creation energy. It's mm. it's there happening in the same place in our bodies and in our spiritual selves. So I am always thrilled to talk about mm. that connection. And I do think that I talk to a lot of artists who tell me that they have a creative block and they're not sure why. And sometimes it's the wrong people are around them. I feel like if our romantic or sexual lives are in shambles, it's not always easy to create in that Mm -hmm. kind of energy. So I think about like who we let into our lives and into our bodies. We have to be really conscious of and aware of and Mm -hmm. how it can affect every other aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. I mean, just the relationship to the chakras is a relationship to alignment. And when you're not in your alignment, then that means that the people that you surround yourself with could be commiserators more than co-partners. And a lot of that ends up bringing you down and away from the things that are calling to you because things are like, oh, but I'm in this place and other artists can relate to where I am. And there's a lot of stigma between being an artist and being unwell. Yes. 
that needs to be broken down. Yes. Yes. I've been trying to do that. Oh, aren't we all? Right? Yeah. And also like trying not to make it about other people. It's like, no, it's on me. Okay. But if that person that you're sleeping with, because that is the most intimate way of taking on someone's energy that you can actively choose. Yes. If that energy is what you're carrying with you, then you have to take some ownership that the, mm. the choice that you made to let them in, it needs to be rectified. And that might be a choice to let them go. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just kind of tired of this narrative of um, pain being such a uh, creative source of inspiration and yes it is Mm -hmm. I think the most beautiful art does come from alchemized pain but that doesn't mean we have to create pain and sadness constantly in order to Uh, be excellent creators (laughs) thank you yeah yeah I feel like that was such a such a strong narrative especially in the past like century Mm -hmm. like I think of all of the writers that i I romanticized almost very much like Sylvia Plath and all of that And it's, you know, beautiful, like you said, to alchemize pain into art, but you can also do that with joy and you can also do that with anything else. And it's really the alchemy that makes it art, right? Totally. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think we all have pain in our past and you can look to it and call to it to create, but I don't think you need to keep yourself in a state of constant Mm. pain and sadness in order to create beautiful work. I I just think the tortured artist is a narrative we have to change right now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then considering, like you were saying, the sexual organs, like anytime I think about a project that I'm working on, it's really my baby. Mm-hmm. it's it's I oh, yeah I'm comfortable with a long gestation period again I'm a Taurus I take my time <laughs> um and one of the things that happened to me about a year and a half ago I had a reading and I was working on something I still am just taking my time and I something had come upon me and I was like you know what I know that I'm all about free love but for some reason I'm feeling very strongly that I should be the most discerning right Mm -hmm. now and Mm -hmm. for me that definitely means no contact with lots of people just until until I'm ready to decide even because sometimes I'm not even ready to decide but being able to sit and understand that taking care of yourself nourishing yourself is part of the artistic process because it is so close to everything that you value physically Mm -hmm. in your body I love how you said that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're so a lover. True. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Aww. And also your, uh, you know, your sexual organs, that's where all of your genetics are. And you can envision it like a seed if you'd like. And those seeds that you have are going to carry on if you continue to have actual children for the next, you know, two generations. Like, when your grandmother was born, the seeds for you and your mother were already within her. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing that we can think about with creativity is that, you know, we're carrying on stories that need to be expressed that have maybe been held on for a very long time from generation to generation. And what we put out is going to ripple out for 
other generations, and you can think of this not in just like, a, oh, I'm going to have a child someday and they'll do this, this, this. But what you literally put out will continue on. And it's this, you know, beautiful expression that will keep unfolding. So it's on on the point of what we're talking about. Like we get to choose creatively the legacy that we leave. Mm. And whether we choose to find one of pain or of healing mm. is the conscious choice we have to make. Yes. And we can use magic to help. Absolutely. Because it's not fucking easy. Oh, my God. Who told you it was easy? It's not easy. Oh, my gosh. No, <laughs> no one told me it was easy, which is why it probably took me so long to be like, okay, guys, okay, I'm an artist. It's like ripping off the Band-Aid, like the slowest. Like, oh, no, no. No, no more of that tortured artist. Hey. <laughs> it's a really big Band-Aid. Yeah, it is. I'm so fascinated by tarot. In general, because that's another aspect of the occult that people are like, what the fuck are cards going to tell me? Mm. And like, honestly, honestly, more than most of your close friends. Exactly. And so tarot, how long have you been, how long have you been doing tarot? What called you to it? I started when I was 12. Everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything changed then. That was a hard time. It's a rough year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I felt really called to it. Again, like your experience at Borders, my experience was at a mall in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's not very spooky or um, evocative. It's just a mall at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> and But I feel like the symbols and the imagery are so evocative and interesting and exciting. And I totally felt called to it. And I think everything can be found in those cards. And especially if you maybe like don't want to hear it, the cards are still going to let you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And not always gently. (laughs) But they say it like it is, which I feel like I majorly appreciate as a New Yorker. But um, I love it. I just feel like if you're feeling stuck or you need a new perspective, everything is going to be in those cards. There's something there for you. In my journey with tarot, because I've gotten a few different decks, and you know, I start out with something that's got a lot of information, fables, things like that, meditations, and I've gotten down to basics where, like, now I have the Waite Smith deck, and I'm like, okay, I'm looking at these very allegorical pictures, I'm reading stories, and I think the most powerful thing that I've learned is that I don't need to look up what the quote-unquote meaning of a card is, and I feel like that's really on par with color. Totally. Because it tells a story every single card, and the imagery, I mean, nothing is by chance. It's all on purpose. Absolutely. I don't let a lot of people read for me, but one of the Mm. best readings I had recently was by a friend who was kind of just playing with the cards Mm. and I could tell she felt a little intimidated to read for me, which I thought was like very like sweet and (laughs) unnecessary. And I was like, literally like just, I was like, I would, it would be a pleasure to receive a reading from you. Just pull the cards and let me know what they make you feel and what you think. Mm. And it was pretty accurate. Like I felt like it resonated a lot more than like I've gotten reader readings where like someone is, I know they have memorized what each card means. Mm -hmm. They're not listening to their inner voice and intuition. Mm. And I feel like it's a lot of pressure to memorize 78 cards. And then (laughs) if you do reversals, we're doubling that. 
I don't have the brain capacity for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather kind of let, I think it's important to follow your intuition and not put so much pressure on yourself mm. to memorize everything. And I feel like that Smith weight deck is so excellent because I feel like those pictures that Pixie created absolutely invoke the feeling of each card. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of the best things as a new tarot recipient, right? If someone gifted you a deck or something like my deck, I bought at a Barnes and Noble. My first one was a clamp deck and I was just like, Ooh, sparkle must have. (laughs) And that deck drags me. That deck is like, I'm going to read you for real. How I did like a spread that I found that was like the harsh truth spread, which redundant don't need it. You just have to be like, can you be honest? And they're like only, um, (laughs) and I read it and they just, messed with me like the middle card of the top row was like what you what is actually happening and the card like I think it ended up being the high priestess which is basically like you already know yeah and I was like damn it all um but you know I know that people hesitate to get involved with tarot without thinking that they need to buy books or Mm -hmm. do workshops or something but honestly if a deck calls to you and you're just really honestly listening to the colors yeah pick it up Mm -hmm. well I just feel like a lot of times I get a lot of like first time clients and experiencers which is so exciting for me because I'm like wow I get to be like part of this journey I it's almost like you're going to lose your virginity yeah it's definitely cherry popper status (laughs) it is it's an honor Mm. they're a little nervous I'm like you're in good hands I'm gonna be gentle we'll take it slow but then I'm gonna be really direct and um I understand why you're frightened and maybe you should be a little, but not too much. <laughs> and, um, but it's, it's such a lovely experience. And I, but I also feel like a lot of people don't want to know. And I understand that. Like, cause I'm always like, why are you scared? Cause like, I was like, who's afraid of me? Come on. Mm-hmm. Ah. Everyone. Yeah. But, um, it's just <laughs> like, but I get it. Like some people just want to tune out and I'm sorry, but like now is not the time to tune out. We mm-hmm. have to be paying attention and listening And I think having a little guidance and awareness is really important. Mm. And this is, I think tarot is such a great tool for that. I think tarot is cool, especially because you get to invite the guidance. Totally. Because if you're not listening, trust and believe the universe is shouting at you and you know it. Uh Oh, you know it. But when you're like, okay, guys, I'm going to talk. They might be a little bit like, okay, welcome back. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I think it's like totally like we know, you know when you're not supposed to be with someone, mm-hmm. when you're not supposed to be dating someone, you're not supposed to be sleeping with someone, mm-hmm. but they're just like so fun and like dangerous or bad for you. Mm-hmm. And Bam, um, devil. devil. Right? <laughs> and like, like the cards always, I mean, I feel like sex and money make the world go round. So like many readings are about that. So many clients come to you and they're like, oh, like I, I know this is silly, but like, I want to talk about love. And I'm like, love is not silly. It is that is very important exactly. to talk about. <laughs> we all need it. We all need to talk about, it. we need mm-hmm. to communicate. And like, absolutely. Let's blow the lid off of your love life. Come on. Yeah. Like I'm ready for it. Those yeah. are some of my favorite readings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. And like, I, I hate, I never want anyone to feel shame or embarrassment or like it's frivolous to want to talk about love. 
Mm. We all should be talking about love and inviting that in. And the cards are, they know what's up. Mm. And like, and I can guarantee like, you know, what's up too. Like we know Mm. when we're inviting people in, we shouldn't, we know when we're pushing even like good people away that we do need. Mm -hmm. And so I love the cards perspective when it comes to sex and love. You already know, but the cards just remind you what you already know. Yes. And I think it's also interesting that they're symbols because I think that we interpret things symbolically a lot, but we're not very conscious of it. And so when we use tarot, we're being conscious of integrating symbols into uh, what they mean. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that's why so much of like occult symbolism is used in the music industry and on album art. Like those are powerful Mm. symbols that have been around for so long. And there's something like that hits you on an unconscious level, like, like a pentagram, like, of Mm. course that's used in music. Like your eyes see that you feel it like on a visceral level you are attracted to that and drawn in. That's yeah. Yeah, And you know, something else to point out is that like symbols are used like everywhere. Capitalism. Think about the McDonald's arches. Like how does that make you feel? Like that's definitely invoking something and you have a certain interpretation of that and really goes with pretty much every brand and any sort of symbol. And so it's like, okay, what do these cards really mean? Exactly. I like that when you take into consideration what they mean from a perspective that might be a little more coarse than what you're trying to do, it gives you insight as to how you can do something about it, right? Because like part of the hesitation or the fear that I experience when I do know something is like, okay, but if I do this thing to counter it, then what? Then what's going to happen? And I know I'm overthinking, but often the cards are like, stop overthinking and just be honored that you have the opportunity to make Mm. a change. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I love that. It's like, I know this relationship sucks, but look at you with both your legs. You can walk away looking good. Yeah. Looking fine as fuck walking away. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Trippy. (laughs) And sometimes we need that outside reminder. Mm -hmm. You know. So, uh, Closing up our our little episode here. There's one question that we've been asking everyone, and that is, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice about sex, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. That's such a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So (laughs) that's great. Okay, what I think is super important to remember is like, I really think like anyone who's having sex with you should be fucking honored to do so, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And like, and at the same time, I feel like, but it's also like, it's not always that big of a deal. Like, yes, like, so, and I feel like someone can be very honored for one night and that's just as important as someone who should be honored every fucking night because you guys live together or have a serious thing and those two people like I don't think either one is more important than the other Mm. because like there are some moments you have with someone that are in the span of a lifetime very short but they're just as important and meaningful as those long-term relationships. Ugh, 
Preach. Yes. Right? So real. I needed to hear that I, when I, I was younger. I needed that advice. Thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny because it's what I was talking about when I first got here. Yeah. I was like, everybody acts like it's so heavy, but it's not heavy. It's, it's making things lighter mm. when you're like, I love you. And that just means that I, I, the light inside of me, the spiritual being that is aligned and standing in front of you in this physical world, can appreciate and honor and see and recognize and connect with the light that's inside of you. And maybe that light came out of your penis or maybe <laughs> it's right. in the depths of your beautiful vagina, wherever it is, however I found it. Maybe it's just the way you looked at me. Maybe it's simply because I dropped something and you picked it up. It's really that simple and that loving. Absolutely. Mm. Hell yeah. Mm. Sex, for, <laughs> sex for everybody. Sex for everyone. Honor and sex. And on I that, that note. <laughs> honorable sex. Oh, oh, can you please tell us, like, plug plug some of your magical offerings? Oh, so I really feel like I connect very much so on Instagram. Like, I feel like that is my true magical medium. Mm -hmm. So I would love to connect with all of you there. I am Sarah Potter. Sarah with an H. And... I will be back in LA in June offering my full Color Magic workshop as well as a pop-up while I will be doing Color Magic infused oracle readings. And I know how all of you in LA like don't like to necessarily traverse east side west side so i'm doing something on the east side and something on the west oh, side <laughs> perfect <laughs> so if you guys stay in touch with me on instagram i'm going to be announcing that really soon Yay. and i love la i can't wait to be back we love you too yay Hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests, from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our Sex Magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven. So I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a few of the patrons we have so far. Shout out to Melina Beatrice and to... Meredith Andrews, thank you so, so much. And also a shout out to my boyfriend and to my mom. Thanks y'all for supporting, it means a lot. <laughs> 
So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, and support us on Patreon. We love you, and we want to continue offering these amazing podcast episodes, and we're so grateful to do that and have your support.